Welcome to the Texas Home Improvement Super Podcast with Jim Dutton. All the best calls this week throughout the state of Texas. Brought to you by Floor and Decor. Largest selection of hard surface flooring and lowest prices guaranteed. Karen, how are you today? Fine, thank you. How can I help you? Well, um, we're beginning a project. It looks like soon my mother, we're going to add a room on to our house for my mother. Uh-huh. And um, the, where we want to put it, um, there's currently a deck out there um, <clears throat> that has a hot tub on it. And when we put that in, um, the, the contractor said that he put a lot of really deep pilings about 10 feet um, down. Okay. Um, and our, my question is, our house, of course, is on a concrete slab, and we're on a slope, a very high, you know, it's a very big uh, difference from one side of the house to the other. Um, this would be on the high end of the slope is where we'd be putting this. Um, do you think are we going to need to add slabs to that, or can we build on these pilings? The, the contractor at the time told us that um, we could put however much weight we ever wanted to on these pilings the way he, he did them. Um, but, you know, I guess the question is, does, and, and then if we did that, does that tie into the house properly? Okay. We, well, we have problems. Well, are you within city limits of any city? No. Okay. Most cities would not allow you to build on that unless you had the, the original specs as far as what was put in. Okay. Uh, because they just don't know what's down there and how deep it went. And i got to be honest, if he was building a deck... Yeah. It would really surprise me if he went 10 foot. I have never seen anybody build a deck where they went 10 foot. Well, the reason we were like extra concerned because we were putting a hot tub on it. Mm -hmm. And we were, that was one of our big emphasis that um, we didn't want anything that wasn't going to support that and that wasn't completely safe and stable for it. Yeah. So that was the reason. And, you know, he sort of overdid it I think or that was the description of it and I remember at the time it was really deep concrete pillars but you know I don't know for yeah. sure like you say if exactly. it was if it was me I would probably forget about those piers cut cut the top of them off and uh -huh. put in a foundation that matches the rest of the house okay so go ahead and pour a concrete foundation. yeah and where you tie into the existing beam dig a beam along next to the existing beam and I like to undermine the existing beam you know typically a beam is going to be 10 to 12 inches wide I like to dig back under it about uh, six inches you know about halfway back uh -huh. and when I tie my rebar together I drill holes from an at an angle from the top down and then the next one from the bottom up and I crisscross that way every 16 inches to tie everything together so if there is ever any foundation movement the whole thing moves as a unit and you don't have ah. to you know worry about things separating that way okay that sounds good okay uh, and and then how do i start this project do hey I karen I'm, I'm gonna put you on hold for just a minute because i gotta take a quick break and when i come back we'll continue our conversation here i really appreciate the listeners who call in and Hold conversations with me, like Karen. And Karen, you had another question going. Well, um, we're not quite sure where to start on our construction project. 
um, do I need an architect? I've got some rough drawings, but I'm, I'm just not even sure where to go from here. Do I contact a contractor now to, to sort of get an the, idea of what to do? Well, there are some contractors who will come out and, and actually put the stuff together for you as, as far as, uh, you know, what they would build. Uh-huh. However, then you're pretty much stuck with that contractor. Uh, if you want to go uh, and have stuff to bid... You really need to have an architect do the drawings and had hand that to the contractors to bid. So you can go either okay. direction, but you know it really if you don't have a contractor that you trust to, to do the building, then yes, I would definitely recommend getting an architect first. Okay. Uh, you can call the Texas Remodel Team. That is a contractor that, that I've uh, recommended for quite some time. Okay. They do have people on their staff that can do the drawings and everything, and they can build it for you. Uh, and their number is 844-335-0692. Okay. okay. All right. And they could help from start to finish. Yep, they can do it all. In fact, they even got people who can help with financing if you need it. Okay, well... Well, this is, you know, we're embarking on a big project. So yeah. <laughs> I knew I needed help. I wasn't sure which way to go. We did a guest house in the back um, about five years ago, and that's how we started with an architect. And I didn't know if that would be necessary for this kind of thing. Well, you know, anytime, here's what the architect will do for you that some of the uh, sometimes contractors aren't able to do. When you do an addition on a house, you want it to tie in and look like it's part of the original house. Yes, definitely. And architects do a much better job of that than contractors do. Ah, okay. That makes sense. And our architect did a wonderful job. I'm not in connection, unfortunately. I don't remember who it was or anything anymore, but they did a great job doing what we wanted, you know, in that little house. So Yeah. Thought of things I wouldn't have thought of. Yep. Do you happen to have the blueprints for the little house still? Uh, I don't anymore. Okay. I can't find them. But he did great. He did wide, uh, you know, wide doors and that sort of thing. We made it handicapped access, things I would never have thought of. Yeah. You know, and, that and that's so. what you actually get when you deal with the architects. Let's see here. George, what would you like to talk about? I'd like to talk about uh, uh, walk-in tubs. Okay. What would you like to know? Uh, do they leak? Uh, do they? How long do they last? Things like this. Well, and, and I want to make sure we're talking about the same thing. With a walk-in tub, you're talking about the ones where you open up the door and you go kind of sit down on a little bench, close the door, and fill it up. That's correct. Okay. They actually do very, very well. Um, as far as leak, any of them can leak because obviously you're dealing with a, a seal on a door. In general, though, they haven't been huge problems. What has been a bigger problem than leaking has been the motors in them for circulating air and stuff like that. Um, I would really recommend if you're going to get one, uh, some of them have a uh, pump for the drain system so that it drains faster. By all means, spend a little extra money to get that. Uh, what that gives you is when that when that when you start draining the tub, you don't have to sit there in the cold waiting for all the water to go down. 
uh, it, it drains it out so much faster using those high pressure uh, pumps to get the water out of it. Uh, beyond that, though, uh, you know they're they're pretty good. They I've, I've installed uh, several of them, and they, they've always been wonderful uh, tubs for people. If you've been listening to the show any amount of time, you know I've been working on replacing the air conditioning system on my upstairs. Had to wait till I had some time to actually get home to to do it. Well. We had Advent Air out this past week and got it taken care of. And I really want to start the show talking with Matt from Advent Air because we did a little bit different on my home. Rather than going in with a, a standard duct-type system, we went with a ductless system. And Matt, welcome back to Texas Home Improvement. Thank you for having me. Well, let's talk air conditioning for a few minutes because, uh, you know, like, like I said, we kind of went a little bit different route on my house than than most people do most people go back with a what they call a conventional air conditioning system because it's it's what everybody's familiar with and you know what they're used to seeing the ducts in the attic and all that stuff but we went with a, what's called a ductless system in my home i love it i mean it, it it's huge but the, one of the really nice things about them is how efficient they are mm-hmm. yeah the uh the system that we put in your home will actually get up to uh 30 uh sear yeah, and you know, and, and and for people listening who, you know, most homeowners, if they put a system in, say, five, ten years ago, most homeowners probably got like a 13-seer unit. Right now, uh, I would typically tell people if you're putting conventional, you're probably going to go with a 16, maybe 18-seer. It can go a little higher, but, you know, the ductless systems are just, they're far superior on the energy savings than conventional systems. Yes, they are. Yeah, and uh, for those that don't know much about the SEER rating, SEER is uh, kind of like the gas mileage on the vehicle. Um, the higher the number, the more efficient the system is. We went with a carrier ductless system. Uh, outside unit is, is, well, it's actually right outside the window that I'm talking to you from right now. You don't hear it at all. Uh, but the, the nice thing is on the inside, you know, the, the, you, you, you don't hear them inside either i've got an older ductless system and you know that fan when it came on you definitely knew it was on these units you just put into my house i mean they're whisper quiet yes and uh it's because they use the true variable technology so the fan only ramps up to what's actually needed and um even on the outdoor systems um when you're if you're to be standing next to it the fan's not always on full blast, and the compressor's not either. It'll it'll rate up and down on, on whatever the demand is, and um, that's one of the fun things about them because we've installed several of these, and um, during the fall, the spring, when it's not nearly as warm outside, we'll get phone calls every now and then that, you know, I think something's wrong with my unit because the fan's barely turning, and, uh, and so we have to explain to them that, yes, it's operating fine, but that's what it's doing because, that's all the energy it needed at that moment. It just needs to turn the fan just enough to pull a little bit of heat off. But other than that, that it's running exactly like it's supposed to, and that's where it gets a lot of that efficiency from because it only uses the energy that it actually needs to maintain the temperature and humidity in the house. Now, we put a ceiling ca uh, cassette in one room and, uh -huh. and the wall mount in the other. That ceiling cassette actually it gives it a very nice, clean Look, I mean, I, I can't imagine anybody being upset with one of those in, in a room. It, it's not a, it's not a whole heck of a lot bigger than the return air. 
No, and, and that's what's great about those is as long as, like, at your home, we had the attic space above it. Um, the in height they're a little bit they're they're a little bit tall, but you don't see that once they've been installed. You just see the nice flush finish against the ceiling, and um, it's great when we can use those in applications. Sometimes we can't, um, you know, if it's a two-story home, and they'd like to do it on the first floor. We just don't have the space between the floors, but it's it's a definitely a very clean look because you know unless you're just looking upstairs at the ceiling, it's it's not really that noticeable. Now, I've been in this house for 14-plus years, and I can tell you that it has always been an issue keeping that room comfortable in the afternoons. And that first day after that system was installed, I went up there and I said, wow, it's actually doing pretty good. So I adjusted the temperature to where I was wanted the temperature up there, and it hasn't budged a bit. I mean, I am I am really impressed at how well that's taking care of that room, and the system is, uh, as far as the tonnage, it's the same as what I had going into the one room, but because of the efficiency and the way this thing operates, it's just doing a much better job. Oh yes, the uh, one of the benefits, one of the benefits from it is that it's constantly monitoring the air temperature by the air that it's drawing through the system itself. Um, so you don't have a thermostat that's located in one spot of the room that dictates uh, the temperature for the whole entire room. With the constant air movement, it can read the temperature and the humidity. Um, a lot, you know, the one that we put upstairs for you is what's called a high wall mount. It, it's it's up higher on the wall, closer to the ceiling. Um, but there's a lot of different variations that can be done. We were able to use two at your home. Uh, we only just had the one outdoor unit, but we were able to do what's called a ceiling mount um, in your sunroom and then that high wall mount in your upstairs location. Um, there's also low wall mounts. Um, there's there's just different types of, of the indoor units that we can use with that. Um, a lot of the benefits from that type of system, though, is because it can actually control the humidity in just that that one room versus a conventional system where you may have a little bit higher humidity closer to your utility room, your kitchen, you know, the high humidity areas, but the whole system is, is trying to dry out the whole house to bring the humidity down, and they could be doing that just for those, you know, small areas of the home to where the ductless system is going to address just the room that it's in and make it, you know, very comfortable. Yeah. Um, by doing that, you can have your the room that your wife was in this morning at one temperature. You can have the upstairs at another temperature. So you don't have to have them all at the same temperature at the same time either. You can actually adjust it to how you're using that room. Um, some other great benefits from it is uh, we a lot of people will call about their garages. They uh, Either they have a, a, a hobby w uh, wood shop that they're doing in there or they're, they've turned it into some type of, uh, you know, dance studio, workout room, something like that. Man cave. Far, oh, yeah, man cave. But as far as for doing it for like a little wood shop, um, I do have experience with uh, one person that a benefit that he uses a lot on is called a dry feature. And what that is is when you turn that dry feature on, it brings that humidity level down quite a bit. And so the time that it took him to stain his wood projects, to put the finish on it, it actually cut that time way down because he didn't have a lot of humidity in the room that was affecting the dry time on those uh, materials. Oh, yeah. I, would. I never thought about using it for that, but yeah, that would be a great application. When I say it's a service, 
I really mean that. You know, whether you're putting a, a room addition on your house, a roof, countertops, um, the air conditioning system, windows, whatever. Anybody can go buy these components. What you are buying as a consumer with any of these people, and, and you know, I, I really need to throw my companies in that mix as well, you know, the Do West Foundation Repair and Do West Plumbing, Sunburst Shutters, LED for Home. We, I talk about this with all of these different companies. Uh, what you're buying is a service because any of these components that are bought to be put into your home, if they're not properly done, the project's not going to come out. Well, you know, like I was talking about on the windows. If somebody comes in, they, they install the windows and they don't seal around the window properly. You got air loss around the window. It's not performing properly. On an air conditioning system, if they don't come in and do the proper load calculations and then on the installation, follow what needs to be done. You know, like we talked about with Matt, the ductwork being in a straight line makes a difference on the efficiency. Properly sized ductwork. I can't tell you how many air conditioning companies will come in and replace an air conditioning unit and not check if the ductwork is properly sized. Well, it's been doing it for this many years. Well, maybe there's a reason that AC system quit working after 8 or 10 years instead of lasting 15. Check the ductwork size. That's part of doing a great job. Same with roofing. You know, was the underlayment put in properly? What what type of shingles was used? The Stone Age granite. Amazingly enough, what adhesives are being used for those sinks? Uh, how are the how thick is the granite? All this stuff makes a huge difference. And you have to keep in mind all these items when you look at hiring a contractor. Again, it's a service you're hiring. It is not a commodity. I mean, and I used the car example a minute ago when I was doing that, that spot. You can go from dealership to dealership to buy a car. And you're comparing one car from another that rolled off the assembly line. And what is the biggest difference between one dealership and the other. It's the service you get from that dealership. When you're hiring a contractor, there is no difference. You are hiring a service. The only big difference, they're coming in and working on your home. And if the service isn't done right, it costs you money in the long run. And uh, if you remember, I said that's where you can send in some questions. Well, I had one that came in uh, yesterday, actually right after we finished the show yesterday and when they it, it says when they built this cabin i truly believe they did not put any insulation in between upstairs and downstairs you can hear every word on tv and even hear people snoring upstairs while sitting downstairs looks like floor is half inch plywood do i need to pull plywood up and insulate or is there something i can put down on top before i place carpet thank you jim well, there is no insulation. I don't even have to come out and look. I can tell you there's no insulation because there's not supposed to be insulation. You don't insulate between air-conditioned spaces. Now, if you want to put some soundproofing, there are things you can put in to help for soundproofing. But insulation is used between warm walls or, you know, outside and inside. That's a reason, uh, you know, you don't insulate above a garage 
because it, it you know if it, between the garage and the attic the insulation will do absolutely no good insulation slows the transfer of heat but it does not eliminate the transfer of heat it's simply the r rating is simply a rating of how long it will take the heat to transfer through it so what can you do to to solve this problem well one if you only got half inch plywood down on the floor and i'm thinking it's really going to be more than that but if truly that all is all there is putting more boards down will actually help with the sound a lot putting the carpet down will help a tremendous amount if you've got just half inch plywood and then that dead air space between the two floors which is the way it should have been built and then your ceiling downstairs the sound will travel through that something fierce because it's made to have more than that and so i would first of all recommend yes that you gotta finish building it out all the way secondary if you do need to put some stuff in there in order to sound deaden uh, if you want to use insulation, blown-in, uh, you know, foam-type insulation actually does wonderful on sound deadening, much better than fiberglass does, uh, and it, it's going to cost more. But they actually make sound deadening materials, blankets, and things like that that you could put in there instead. But I really think if you put another layer of plywood and your carpet and the padding and all that stuff, your problem will be solved. We had one that came in, and this is one I know a lot of people are dealing with, especially the way it keeps raining on and off and with the storms earlier in the year. Uh, it says, Hi, Jim. I just last week had new tar paper and 30-year shingles put on my roof from the recent hail here in North Texas. My question is, during the install, it rained very heavy, and the contractor was only about a quarter of the way done. The roof was not covered with plastic, Andy had laid half the roof with the new tar paper, had a couple small leak stains on the sheetrock in the house, said it was no big deal, came out and finished the job after a few more days. Will my roof be susceptible to any future issues like black mold, etc., or will all that moisture dry up and be gone? Okay, Tar paper is typically the first thing that any roofer puts on. And a lot of times they're not even using tar paper anymore. They're using, um, it looks more like a Tyvek type product, actually. And the whole purpose of these products is to weather the house in. Once that's up there, if it rains or something, your house is protected. Now, is it as protected as it would be with the shingles on there? Absolutely not. But it's just as protected as you would be by putting plastic up there. So I'm not sure why he didn't finish felting the house, but that is the first thing virtually every roofer will do is get the felt paper on first to weather it in. As far as the water damage, you know, if it's a one-time leak like that, it didn't saturate it to where the sheetrock started uh, slumping or anything like that, you'll be able to use a sealer over that. Any type of pigmented shellac, I, I recommend Zinzer Primer Sealer. Paint that over it, and then you can go ahead and paint the ceiling again, and you'll be fine. Do you have a problem with mold coming? No. In order for mold, there has to be moisture. And you are correct in the fact that it's going to dry out 
In fact, I'm sure you're already dried out. The minute they got rid of the, you know, the water source, your chances of mold went totally away. So I would not lose any sleep over that. Now let's get into this question here because, you know, this is a very common question. Yeah, parts of it are anyways. Um, and it's one that's kind of right up my alley here. We bought a 1973 Fox and Jacobs home 14 years ago. We did not know that it had foundation repair on the north side. The south side had a full side addition, non-permitted, which is now lower than the north side. I'm going to stop right there for a second. You know, there's been a lot of stuff coming out lately about permits and, you know, structures that aren't permitted. And I've told you all along, make sure you get permits. Okay, another email that had come in. We have a 10-year house, 10-year-old house, okay. And we have noticed a thud sound in one corner of the house. We also hear popping sounds in the summer at night throughout the house. We have not noticed any cracks in the walls or on the outside. The sound in the corner of the house is hard or is heard doing, during the day when it is hot. Well, what causes most of that? Building materials, as they heat up and cool down, they expand and contract. And so what you a lot of times are hearing as a hard thud is sometimes nothing more than 2x4s sliding on the nails or 2x4s rubbing each other, things like that. Uh, it doesn't mean that you've got any problem at all. It's just a heating and cooling that causes these issues. Uh, if you do start seeing cracks, make sure you address it right away. But uh, I don't think you're that's not going to be truly what's causing the cracks. That that expansion contraction. And, and if that kind of sounds scares you, let me tell you, don't ever stop on a bridge where you see those wavy lines that run across the bridge. That's an expansion joint. And when uh, take a look at one in the summer months and look at one in the cold winter months how the, the space changes. It can change several inches. It's enough to scare the heck out of you when, you when you initially look at it. Coming down now, you can't sell them. They will, mortgage companies are starting to check these permits, and if that structure wasn't permitted, they won't finance it. So uh, just a little sidebar there. If you're looking at doing an addition or some major remodeling on your home and it should require a permit, make darn sure you get it there's a lot more going into the uh, approval of mortgages nowadays than there ever has been in the past and if you've if you've signed a mortgage lately i mean think back 30 years ago when you'd sign a mortgage yeah we thought it was horrible that we had to sign 20 pages you're signing a book nowadays there's 70 80 100 pages sometimes to doing a closing because they got a disclose and and make sure that you've read all this and who the heck is reading all that stuff but they just keep piling on to read it it doesn't make any sense to me but the part that does if it requires a permit get the permit that is the last place you want to be shortcutting anyways we have wall cracks and a bow on the north side and small cracks on the south side. A structural engineer told us to lower the piers on the north side and wait to see how the house settles. We have had multiple foundation companies out. 
Some just want to add piers on the south side. Some have said we probably need to lower the north side piers and then add piers on the south side in addition to that, but do not want to touch the work due to their warranties. Uh, one even said that to lower the piers on the north side could be risky since the rebar could be bent due to the higher elevation. We need something done to correct the unequal elevation so we can get the walls and doors repaired. Any ideas? Vivian. Well, Vivian, first of all, I'm going to tell you, call my company, Due West. We'll come out and take a look at it. In fact, let's have Johan come out and take a look at it. He is an engineer and uh, has more extensive on foundation repair than any engineer I know of. Now, engineers maybe go out and look at structures before and after repairs. The advantage Johan has, he works through the whole process and does the leveling and all these other things that most engineers never get experience on. So first, I'm going to tell you, call Due West at 972-406-0912 and have him come out and take a look at it. But let me get into this other part of lowering the structure. This repair work was done 14 over 14 years ago. You weren't even aware that it had repair work done. That tells me that when you bought the house, everything was probably okay. And over the last 14 years, something has changed. So either the piers came up, which is unlikely in the weather cycles we had, or the other part of the house went down, which is very likely with the weather cycles we've had and the description that you gave, which means you more than likely need to underpin the other portions of the house and bring it up to that side that had already been done. And unfortunately, people always think, well, let's just let it back down. It don't go down. That's just, it does not go back down. Yeah, you can sometimes get it to go down a little bit, but if it's got to move any amount, uh, substantial amount, it doesn't go down. When you lift the house up, the soil underneath swells and pretty much fills that void. So when you try to lower it, you're hitting the dirt. It doesn't go. It doesn't happen. And I don't know why engineers always want to try to lower structures. There's a reason you underpin and pick them up. You don't try to put them down. Anyways, I think that's what the issue is going to be. Obviously, I can't say for sure until we look at it. That's why I would recommend have Johan come out and look at it. Uh, as far as working on somebody else's peers, I know a lot of companies won't even touch them. We t I will touch them. I mean, we'll adjust them. I just won't warrant them because I don't know what they've got down there. And I don't know how stable they are. Dwight, last call of the day. How can I help you? Uh, yes. I have a uh, bathtub and a guest bedroom that I hardly ever use. Uh, the hot water just seems to trickle out of that single faucet. Of yep. course, the cold water is coming in fine. So I'm wondering if I uh, can do something myself or give a plumber a call. Well, what's happened is you've gotten some debris into the ports in that single-handle faucet. If you want to do it yourself, it's a matter of just shutting the water off to the house. Take the handle off, and typically for that, you just pop off the little cover. There's a screw. You take that screw off, and you can pull the handle straight off. But then you got to undo the insert and take the whole thing out, clean it up, sometimes replace some of the O-rings, 
and then put it back together again. Honestly, uh, for a lot of people, they're better off to have a, a plumber do it. But if, if you're a do-it-yourself kind of person who does a lot of different things, by all means, it is not that difficult to do. And it would save you about 125 bucks. Oh, well, thank you very much. I appreciate that. You bet, Dwight. Good luck with that. Thank you. And just for everybody listening, the reason this happens all the time on the hot water side is the water, when it goes through being heated up, mineral deposits can tend to, you know, break off and go through the pipes, and they get stuck in that hot water side. Uh, it's very common for this to be on the hot water side. And you can always, you know, tell when you got, uh, especially when you get older water heaters that have a lot of sediment in the bottom of them and such, because it becomes more common. If it's on both the hot and cold water sides, usually it's not in the faucets, but in the uh, aerators, like on the uh, on the end of the faucet. You can unscrew that, clean out the sand or or uh, sediment that has been trapped in there that is slowing the water stream. Or if you get a water stream that starts shooting not just round coming straight out of the faucet, but kind of goes oblong or spray into the side and such. That's usually nothing more than your aerator needs to be cleaned out. Very simple. Unscrew it off the bottom. Clean it up. Put it back in and you're good to go. You've just heard the best calls and questions from Texas Home Improvement. For more information about our show, go to THIPro.com. 